Welcome to the Joy Felipe Bruce podcast. Sister Joy Felipe is a daughter of Bishop Dag Heward Mills and the senior pastor of the Fountain of Life Cathedral of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. The Fountain of Life Cathedral is a thriving church of young, energetic people full of life for the Lord. Sister Joy is also an itinerant minister of Dag Heward Mills Ministries. She travels extensively, holding pastors' conferences and bringing ministry-related books by Bishop Dag Heward Mills to the nations. She is the evangelist of the Blessed Salvation Crusade. Now be blessed and refreshed as you listen to this inspired message by Sister Joy. Put your hands together for the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. We are about to hear the word of God. And I'm reading a scripture from Isaiah chapter 30 verse. I'm reading a scripture from Isaiah before it removes my wig. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have problems, hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. I'm reading a scripture from Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21, and it says, Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it, hallelujah. You are about to hear the word of God, and the word will show you the way to go. The word will show you where to walk. The word will show you how to live your life. And as a church, God has given us one of his best servants. She is anointed for you and I. She is anointed to show us the way. She is anointed to preach the word, to bring the word down to our level so that we will understand we can relate with it. Put your hands together, make some noise as we welcome the best pastor in the world. He is Joy Philippe Bruce. Make some noise. Come on, let's go. for another Sunday morning that we can gather in your presence words indeed cannot explain just what you are to us but this morning as we come before your word I pray that you'll be in your word for us speak to us touch us 
cause us to be different by the time we leave here. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Take your seat. Wow. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. It's a pleasure to be with you this Sunday morning. How many of you took part in the 36-hour prayer? Wow. If you are sitting by somebody whose hands were not asked, just ask them, what are you about? What, just, just what are you about? What are you about at all? We didn't set any limits, so you could have come in at any time, so don't tell me you had lectures. Because those who had lectures who wanted to pray, they came in after. Yeah. And got some hours. Uh, please find the scripture for me about the horse and the mule. Mama, okay, Baba. I'm just, I'm just talking. You see, in this service, I always tell you the truth. I can promise you that you can be angry, but I'll tell you the truth. One day, you remember that I told you the truth. Amen. Because the Bible says, "Do not be like the horse and the mule." Uh, who is behind it today? Ah, be ye not. Can you see it? Psalm 32 verse 9, be ye not as the horse or as the mule which have no understanding. When there's a scheduled time to pray and you are going to be praying for yourself and you don't show up, you have no understanding. You have no understanding at all. Yeah. You think somebody can do it for you? Are you here? You see, we had a good time without you. <laughs> So it doesn't have much to do with who came and, and that's not the point. It's not for lack of numbers, but it's for you yourself. And I will not be a good pastor if I don't talk about it. Amen. Because we were here. Some people prayed 32 hours, they were praying. Do you think the outcome of their lives will not be different from yours who didn't appear? Hey, can you see me? I was studying. Don't bring yourself. You were not studying 24 7. Don't bring yourself at all. Look at this. It says you have no understanding. What happens to people with no understanding? Their mouth must be held with a bit and a bridle. In other words, you are controlled by force. Are you there? Let it be your last time. Let it be your last time. When you hear that a space has been created to do prayer, just do it because there's no time in this world for serving God. Do you see it on your timetable? This is praying time. This is time to serve God. Do you see it on your timetable? And as you grow, it gets worse. There's no time. So if you are going to serve God as a believer, you must make the time. You must decide that I'll forgo a little bit of rest. I'll forgo a little bit of sleep. Or you should see some people, all that they had was their lunch break. And you see them dive in just to try and do some one and a half hour something and dive out again. Do you think that God will not see it? Ah. You are quiet now. This your convenience Christianity, I'm telling you that is bola. It's bola. And I'm backed up by the word of God. Jesus said your lukewarmness. That is in the find it, revelations. He said, I would prefer you to be cold, in which case you shouldn't even be a Christian. Just go and serve the devil and know that you blew your life away. So be cold or be hot. But this half and half, I'll spit you out. I'll spit you out of my mouth. Hey, there's no blasting in my notes, so I had not written it before. So just believe that the Holy Ghost is talking to you today. Yeah. Amen. Hey. Are you there? 
because people do this then later on in life when things are difficult things are like this then you start to complain God why is it like this but he gave you a chance to change it one of the prayer topics I remember Pa, we prayed here for our future as the neighbor sitting by you do you know anything about your future on me I'm going to go to you cannot even control what's happening to you tonight then you say you are going to go to where to where read about the man in the bible when he said it God called him a fool he said that you're a fool he said you're today I'm calling him for a meeting in heaven <laughs> are you here so if you are going to be in this church just get used to hearing real things we don't have time and space for tomfoolery there's none hey me I just came for a peaceful service I didn't come for all this drama please that's why all my doors are open you are free to exit but as for those of us who are here we will speak the truth day in day out yeah yeah if I like you I'll speak the truth mm. hey are you sitting by anybody asking anybody oh, why are you bored or you can ask them in Liberian English. You can ask them, why? You tie your face? <laughs> Have you tied your face? You tie your face? <laughs> Untie it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Untie it while you are still young. And while you are still young, before the years of foolishness catch up with you, allow yourself to be directed and open your ears and hear well what you will not hear in many other places. Got it, Claire? Thank you. Okay, let me start with my announcements. The first announcement I have is, I'm not so happy as I'm saying it, but I need to say it. And it's because we're going to have to postpone our camp. I don't believe you. But, hold on, hold on. We have this camp that was placed in the best place we could put it from the first to the third, when we have a public holiday. But as you know, our father has lost his son and the funeral is on the third. Uh-huh. So we, yeah, so we can't help it. Are you there? And, and, and it's the third, and it's going to be at Mampong, and we should be there. I mean, as many of us who can make it will be there. Are you with me? It's a time of mourning, and we cannot say that. Uh, please, we, the end, we had planned that we are going to have a camp. So you, the if you are crying, you be crying. You, we, no, we can't say that. I think you, are, you understand. Yeah, we, we could see it coming and, and we have really tried to preserve the date. But two days ago, our convener called and he said, look, the way things are going, we're going to have to move it. Now, what does it mean? Does it mean we won't have a camp? No, it doesn't mean that. It means that we will reschedule it. I'm fully aware that exams are coming up later in May and you can be sure that we will do the best thing we can do for you. Is that okay? I said, is that okay? For instance, if they reschedule and it's too close to your exams, I'll tell them that you can't participate and we'll do it at a later date. Is that okay? Yeah, so a camp there, there will be. Uh-huh, there will be. But at this point in time, we are a church that is mourning with our father and our mother. Are you there? And we're going to do something about it as a church um, to put together our messages and send them. Yeah. Those of you who've lost somebody, you know that when people come to stand with you, it makes a lot of difference. I have lost three very close family members and I remember some faces so well. So well. I remember it so well. Are you there? Hey, you are very quiet. Yeah. I remember it so well. Yeah. And so we also want to be there for them. Amen. Oh, I said amen. 
All right. So we're going to reschedule the camp, and definitely there'll be a camp, but we don't have the date for it right now. Amen and amen. All right. But we're moving on in this service. And before Easter, we spent some time talking about losing, suffering, sacrificing, and dying. And I hope since that time, you have made up your mind to lose what you must lose. Yeah. You have made up your mind that when you are suffering for Christ's sake, you are not going to freak out about it. Amen? Are you there? Yeah. There's some suffering. There's some sacrificing. Are you there? Hallelujah. But, and there's some dying. Sometimes you have to die to the things you, you desire. Because they are not allowing God to flow in your life. But all those things, he's the, he's the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And you'll find out that after a while, you don't even miss what you said you gave up. And you see that he makes it up for you. Makes it up to you. Hallelujah. Well, then for the next month or so, I'll be talking to you about another subject that's very close on the heart of God. Amen. And anything that is important to God must be important to us. I'll be talking to you about fruitfulness. 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 Hallelujah. Fruitfulness. It's amazing what the Lord has to say about fruitfulness. And today, we're going to be studying one of his main passages on fruitfulness. That I have been amazed since I started to study it. That is all over the Bible. Hey. I used to quote one of my favorite scriptures, John 15, 16. You know, which says that you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit shall remain. That whatsoever you ask the Father in your name, he'll give it to you. But I have been surprised later on to see that the fruitfulness stop is from Genesis. When I began to put it together, that is all true. So you realize that in the purpose of your life, one of the things God, the things God is looking out for is your fruitfulness. And, and when your mind is not on it, you can actually go through your life unfruitful. Unfruitful. Some of you are only thinking that we shall be born in children's. It's not only children's that you should be born in. Are you in the house? <laughs> but you see, look at it. Genesis 1, 28. I mean, it's, it's so much through the Bible. <clears throat> I beg your pardon. All right. Are you ready to flow? Yeah. I noticed that this generation, you don't take notes. I wonder what you do. Yeah. My generation, we used to write notes that we can read and it helped us to learn the scriptures. But if you are doing as if you have got electronic mind, then the thing is stuck in your mind. <laughs> but I know that it's not true. On my hand, you know, it's not true. I know you. <laughs> Let's go to Genesis chapter 1. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And you see, the Lord repeated this blessing throughout the Old Testament. He repeated it over Abraham's children. Over Isaac, he repeated it. Over Isaac's children, he repeated it. 
Are you here? So you see him saying the same thing. He said the same thing to Abraham. And it goes on and on and on until he brings us into the New Testament. And then before Jesus leaves, he tells us to go out into all the world. Are you seeing it? The same thing. And we should go. Please take us to Matthew 28. Fast, 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 fast. Ask them what they are doing this morning or what laptop they have brought this morning because it used to be so good. Let me cast an anointing now. <laughs> Go ye therefore and teach all nations. You see, Jesus came. He has worked with some 12 people. Then later, he expanded to some 120 people. And when he was going, he didn't say that keep the thing among yourselves and then let it stay there. But that same theme of multiplying, that same theme of bringing forth something, he says, go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Are you there? The same thing. Push your neighbor and say it's the same thing. Verse 20 teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. These were Jesus' last words. Please, those my lady pastors who are trying to sneak in by the back door, just catch them and show them the place where lady pastors sit in the church. <laughs> Merci. <laughs> Unfortunately for them, I have the microphone. <laughs> anyway, so you meet my daughters-in-law who are also lady pastors to Madagascar. <laughs> one of them is already in Madagascar and she's come on holiday and the other one is about to go to Madagascar. You are very welcome, lady pastors, as we are trying to pass the back door. Okay. Look, when you come into life the next time, don't marry a, a, the, the, the man whose mother is a pastor. He's not. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anyway, let's get back to serious business. Amen. Yeah, you'll be fighting with your mother-in-law. Me, they are, me and my daughters-in-law, we don't fight. Do we fight? We have not seen such things. We don't know such things. Hallelujah. But we're talking about fruitfulness. So I'm sharing with you that when he brought you onto this earth, he had a plan. And his plan was not that you should just come, born a few physical ugly children. And, and then, no, no, that was not his plan. Let's go to the New Testament more. You see, I could have taken you through the Old Testament, but I know some of you. Some of you. I just, let me just say to establish it that everything in the New Testament is established in the Old. Yes, the Old is a pure picture. You know, it's the spirit of revelation you don't have. That's why you've not been seeing it. But let me dwell in the New Testament. Luke chapter 4. <clears throat> I want to share some things with you that Jesus was sharing. Luke 4. Luke, sorry, I beg your pardon. Luke chapter 6, verse 43 and 44. For a good tree bringeth not forth corrupt fruit, neither doth a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. For every tree is known by his own fruit. For of thorns men do gather for of thorns men do not gather figs, nor of a bramble bush gather them grapes. I want to ask you whether Jesus was giving a lesson in our Greek. Hello. I'm asking, was he about agriculture? He was teaching you how to grow good trees and to distinguish good trees from bad trees. No, it doesn't take much to see that he's teaching us a principle. He's teaching us a principle. A bad man will bring forth bad men. 
A good man will bring forth good men. That's all that he's saying. That's all that he's saying. You want to quarrel, quarrel with him. Let's go. Again, Matthew 7, from verse 16. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns, of figs, of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. This morning as we start to discuss the subject of fruitfulness, I want to ask you where your fruits are. Because the Bible gives a way to know you. It gives a clear way to know you. It's not by your money. And it's not by your heart. It's not even by your cleverness. Hello. Why are you so quiet? But Israel, what shows us that a mango tree is a mango tree? It's fruit. It's fruit. We will see the fruit of a mango tree and we'll never call it a guava. We'll never call it a guava. At all. If you see a lot of citrus fruits, there are different kinds of fruit. There's a grapefruit, there's the orange, the orange is quite, there are different species. There's the tangerine. There are different, different types of oranges. But how do we know them? By their fruit. By their fruit. So as you are here, and you are a Christian, or you say that you are a Christian, and you say that you gave your life to Jesus Christ, you say that you were born again, you say you are baptized in the Holy Ghost, tongue speaking, Bible thumping, a, a demon chasing Christian. I, I, I cannot quarrel with all that, but I can only ask you, where are your fruits? Because it's your fruit that identifies you. That's why in the New Testament, the Bible talks about the sons of Sceva, some seven men who were like you. Ah, but they believed Christ. If they did not believe, they would not have tried to go and exorcise. We don't look. You don't go and be exorcising demons just like that. You think you believe something. And so they arrived at the place. Said, the man is mad. So we have seen them removing demons. So we're coming to remove the demon. The demon looked at them and said, Ah, bah. Jesus, dear, we know him. Paul too, we know him. But you, who are you? Who are you? Today, if you are sitting by somebody who doesn't pray, ask them. Jesus, we know. Paul, we know. But you, who are you? Who are you? I need you to see that the, de the devil, the demons knew the guys. And Paul, Jesus, you want to see his fruit? It is not hard. It's not hard. You see his fruit in those three years, the things that he did with human beings on the earth, just for three years. For three years he preached. For three years he healed. For three years he impacted lives. There was nowhere that Jesus went that he didn't have an effect. When he finished, he said, look, I'm only one person. I'm going to pay the price for everybody. And he went on the cross, went down, came up, he said, it is done. Clear fruit. That's why we are here. Paul, you want to know Paul's fruit? I say, you want to know Paul's fruit? The books that you read in the Bible are not books with fancy names. It was letters he was writing to the churches that were his children. And he wrote. Some people say the book of Acts was written by him. But others say otherwise. 
But Romans, we know he wrote. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, Titus, um, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Philemon, Jude, Hebrews. Those were the letters that he was writing to his children. The people, his fruits. His fruits. He was in jail, Christ said he won't stop. So if the only way I can go to preach to Caesar is to go as a prisoner, I'm going. Are you here? I'm asking you again. What is your fruit? Hmm. It's a very it's a hard question, but it's a necessary question. And it's necessary because the fruit you bear is like you. No, it's true. Oh, the fruit you bear. That's why we say that you resemble your children, uh, your, your mother. Yeah. That's why. Because you are their physical fruit. Yeah, you are their physical fruit. Hello? Am I talking to you in the church? That's why I'm asking you where your fruit is. Where's your fruit? Choir, where's your fruit? After making us happy at the wedding yesterday, the choristers are still recovering. I discovered that. How many of you were in church today? It's not how many? How many were singing? 51 choristers. Hey, your fruit. And who has become a chorister in addition to you since you came? Hey, young man on your phone. Where's your fruit? The way you are on your phone, huh? that's why I had to call you. Where's your fruit? Because the likelihood that your fruit will do some of what you are doing, no? It's, it's likely. Where's your fruit? Where's your fruit? Dancers, I really love it when you are all charged up. Today, dear, you have made, the made it very exciting. We really enjoyed it. But I've got to ask you, where's your fruit? Because if you were bearing fruit, by this time, there should be so many dancers that we have to make you run shifts. Yeah. I'm not lying to you. I'm not lying to you. So my elder son has born fruit. Physical fruit. He was one person. Now his family, they are four. So when you arrive, we now have a problem. Where should we put you? That's a hand. But you, you have not given me a problem. That where should I put the, the dancers? I have to be tell, telling people that, look, you can't sit here because here and here is for the dancers. But since I've known you, here, since, since, here and quiet is for you. And just in case you are saying to yourself, look at them, I'm saying look at you. You, I can't even mention you because you have not started. You have not started. Where are your fruits? I mean, by your fruit, that's how we know you. Hey. When I came to the church, I, mean, I came to sit at a certain place. They told me that, I should, you see, they asked you to move because the people who bear fruit, they sit in the front seat. Mm-hmm. So you may be wealthier than them, but you can't sit in the front seat because we can't see your fruits. <laughs> Laptopists, where are your fruits? Because you have not told me that you have a rooster that Charlie 
when you come and sit that Joshua can only be behind the laptop once in four weeks because oh you see mommy they are coming they are learning don't start don't start <laughs> am I talking to some people this morning where are your fruits Paul's fruit it was clear the seven sons of Skipper, we don't know what fruit they had and the demon took to see that they don't have fruit and he beat them one man the bible said all seven they ran away naked she said they are beating you and stripped you and some of you have been stripped in the spirit because you have no fruit and you are walking around masquerading as a christian hey take us to john chapter 15 and we're going to do our study by looking at the laws of fruitfulness according to jesus because there's so many laws of, I mean, fruitfulness, you want to study it, it's very wild in the Bible. But let's begin here. John 15, please, verse 1, 1, 1. It starts right from the beginning. And please, it's not an agricultural lesson. So try and have a little revelation, Kakra. Ah. Hmm. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. The first law that Jesus showed us, fruitless Christians are taken away. You know, many times when I'm preaching about this, I hop over this point. I hope over it. Why do I hope over it? Because I don't want somebody to send me a text and say that, so were you prophesying that we will die or what? <laughs> Hey, nowadays, this generation, the things they can write and say, hey, are you here? But today I'm in my own church, so I can talk. I can say something. Yeah. Yeah. What does it mean to be removed? To be removed means that you were in a higher place and you have been brought to a lower place. Yeah. Some of you remember that when you were in JSS, you were more oja than you are now. But you didn't bear fruit. So now here you are. And now that you are an adult and you are grown up, you cannot even pray. When we give you the microphone to pray, you will come and stand. Oh, Father God, we thank you for this day, Father God. Father God, we are very grateful for your goodness to us, Father God. Oh, Father God, have mercy on us, Father God. Is that how you talk, Norma? When you pray like that, it's clear you don't pray. It's clear. Oh, Father God. Have mercy, Father God. We thank you very much, Father God, for this day that you have given to us, Father God. Oh, Father God. Amen. To be removed, to be taken away, it means that you are on the front line and you are being removed from the front line to the back line. There are some dancers who used to dance in the front line. But nowadays, they have been dancing at the back line. And when you go to find out, it is because their fruit in the dancing is dancing. So, when they are rehearsing, you don't come. Back line. Hmm. Hmm. When they ask you something, something, something. Yeah. There are dancers crowd today who come and sit like ordinary men. 
So you, you have been taken away. You were a frontline dancer here. Then you became a backline dancer here. I'm not talking about those. There are some people you won't see them dancing because they have actually been lifted up. Please, apart from your legs, now we need you to go and look for human beings. And they have moved on. But there are some. Now you are sitting in the congregation doing nothing. Doing nothing. Your withering is what has begun. Prince, are you cursing us? You see, your mind is not working well. When the doctor tells you you have malaria, is he cursing you? He's telling you the situation as is. Tell your neighbor, don't be silly, don't be silly, don't be silly. <laughs> Amen. Hey, to be removed, to be taken away. It means that you have been moved from the spiritual things you were doing to secular things. Hey. Oh, my, 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 my. Secular, secular things. Hey, the thing that distinguishes a Christian from an unbeliever are the spiritual things that we do. So when now in your life, the only thing in your life are secular things, what have you become? What have you become? You thought you were being wise. You thought you were doing your shepherd. That's our shepherd. I just don't like the way she has been talking to me. So, maybe I'll send her a text. I won't do it again. I won't do it again. You thought that you were the person coming. What you did not know was that God had taken you away from where you were. If Satan cannot prevent you from receiving Christ, you will receive Christ. He can't prevent you from beginning to work in the church. You work in the church. But I can tell you, we have an enemy who never gives up. He never gives up. And he says that if I can't prevent you from giving your life to Christ, I can stop you from being relevant to anything concerning Christ. And you woke up yourself and you took the, te- the phone and you typed out the text and said, I was doing, I won't do it again. You thought you were doing, but a demon was standing behind you telling you, send the text send the text it will pain them send the text send the text tell them me i'm leaving the church i'm going i am yet to see one of them prosper i'm yet to see it by the grace of god when i came to this church it was just the half over there i came to meet 23 people in the middle of the church there was no stage there was nothing and i remember that a fight broke out in the church because number one, they didn't want a female preacher. Number two, hey, number two, I can't preach if I try. The girl that I speak, I can't preach in it. Is it the tree that I've adopted that I'll be able to preach in it? Number three, the preaching, no, uh, we, we don't like it. Number four, the thing, no, I'll say it as a test. Whatever the case may be, at a certain point in time, twice in the life of the church, out of those few 23 people, they rose up and said, hey, it's okay, we are going. And they left. You know, I don't want it to sound sound, but I have to tell you something. I have met them, many of them, in the years that have passed. I am yet to see one who has done well. One. 
it, has, it doesn't have anything to do with me. It has with moving out of the place God gave you. That's all. It's not because it was me. No. No. Do you understand what I'm saying? God has put you in a place. When he puts you in that place, he knows how he's going to fertilize that place. He knows how he's going to water that place. He knows what he's going to put around you in that place so that you will be fruitful. And when you walk away from it, you wither. The Bible says it here. Every branch that beareth not fruit, he taketh this morning, I want you to consider yourself. Have I been taken away? Even some of you who say that you are still working for the Lord, ask yourself the question. Because you used to be productive. You used to win souls on a regular basis. What you were doing, it was growing and it was working. But now you have become stagnant. You are just washing the same coins and managing the same fruit, washing the same grapes, cleaning the same grapes, wiping them, putting in the fridge. That's all you have done. Watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out. You have no new fruit. He says that every branch that beareth not fruit, he takes away. That is why you see that churches that stop bearing fruit, they die. They wither. They wither away. They were great churches. So, some of the churches you think you have met them, you have given, you give them names. You say they are not this and that. They are not Oja. They were more Oja than you. They were more Oja than you. The ministry of Charles Wesley. You can't even stand it when you read. You you have prayed over your one sheep. Your one sheep has fallen down for two seconds and gotten up. When Charles Wesley prays over people, they are lying down for two days. <laughs> Under the action of the Spirit. <laughs> I don't want to say more. Are you there? To be taken away. It also means to die prematurely. God forbid. Please don't go around giving prophecies. So, so that was why Christine died. He was an Please. We don't, you see, there are many things that make up something. So you don't know which one was working. But we just have to accept that this is also one of them. I remember some young person who died. When I was crying, the Lord told me, don't cry. If I hadn't taken the person at this time, the person was about to exit from Christendom totally. Amen. I said, Amen. Yeah. I want you to consider your fruit. Yes, you came to campus to get yourself a degree, but where is your fruit? Amen. We are dealing, it's Jesus who was teaching us, please. I'm only talking to you about what Jesus said. It's not my laws at all. Hmm. Number two, Jesus' second law is in the same scripture. Every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it. He purgeth it. Hey. So the ones that don't bear fruit, you dear, they have packed you. They have removed you. You are just sitting somewhere. You know, when, you, when a gardener takes off a branch, usually they just leave it to dry. It's just a matter of time before we burn it. We give it to call some, some, some watch it seller down the road. Ma, put your baby, eh, wait me, wait me, wait me, wait me, wait me, Are you here? Now, when you are bearing fruit, and this is one of the reasons why some people stop. When you are bearing fruit, 
At times, your expectation is that somebody's going to come and say, oh, the fruit was really nice. Well done, well done. I'm enjoying your fruit. Sometimes the expectation is that since I'm bearing fruit, oh Lord, you should be saying nice things and just helping me and just looking after me. Young man, when I'm preaching, you don't get up and go anywhere. Sit down. Hey. Mommy, wait. I didn't cry. I had no. <laughs> it's getting tensions. No, because you see, it's foolishness. It's just foolishness. Yeah. It's just foolishness. And we bring it to the house of God all the time. I have gone to churches where the pastor cannot preach because of these behaviors. Yeah. In the middle of the way, the people are, oh, Reverend Seth should have been here. He'll demonstrate it for you. Reading, you are now brought your Bible. You are reading it. You should have read it in your house. <laughs> anyway, let's go back to what we're talking about. He purges it. So you are doing something for the Lord and sometimes you are sitting back and you are trying to count the blessings or count the rewards that have come. Listen, God's timetable is his timetable. Just believe that he'll do it when he's ready. But what he assures you of is that the one that you can be sure of is that if you have fruit, you know, he is now going to purge you so that you'll bear more fruit. I want you to excuse me because the example that I'm going to use may offend those of you who are of tender liver. But it's the best example of purging that I know. When your mother, when you were younger, your mother had you and she said, Then she mixed her concoctions, herbs, whatever. She put it inside. And then she caught you. And she, hey, if you are if you are over a certain age, they say bend down. But if you are young, then they'll put you. Then they'll take the bent Then depending on your age, they'll either shake you and put you down or tell you to jump. When they release you like an arrow to the nearest point, everything will begin to drop. Listen. What, what sets a purge aside from ever, uh, other things or normal things is the violence, the speed, the, the desperation. Please, I need more words. Look, stop making your face as though. <laughs> the energy, the force, the momentum, and me, the things that will be doing you. You head like a bullet to the place where, look, will you be sweating? After when your fever, Charlie, until you get to that place. Look, if there's somebody in the loo, there's a crisis. Hey, that's why most of the time they head for the bush because Charlie, it's like nobody can interrupt what is about to drop, and then everything. When you finish, you feel good. They will not even say, hey, near quadrari, going back. That's a page. That's the best example of a page I can think of. And sometimes in life, you can go through something. Eh? This God we save. I said, sometimes you can what? You can go through something. Eh? And you can feel that one more day I'll die. <laughs> One more day, I'll die. 
if this thing continues for just a little while longer and now when you even try to pray the words don't even come you get there to say I'm coming to talk to you God about the issue and when you open your mouth but is that not what you are doing when you are purging in the bush there it's good nobody is around <laughs> you know maybe you are here this morning you are going through something eh? I just want you to consider for a moment maybe it's a page you have bound the devil you have packed him under the bed you have rolled him away you have quoted a scripture the thing isn't changing maybe it's a page and it will stay there until it finishes what pages are meant to finish what does a page do? It removes everything that should not be there. Sometimes, by the time the page is done with you, your pride is gone. Mama, sakabataya, mama, Some of you, the cause that you are doing is the patch. <laughs> As you are in the course, you are saying, oh God, deliver me. Every day you are going to class. You don't understand. When exams are coming, your heart is beating. God may be purging you. He's bringing you to a place where you've got to say, Lord, I can't. I can't do it on my own. I can't handle it on my own. If you don't help me, I'm finished. Because you used to believe yourself, pa. <laughs> you used to say that, oh, median and one muscle. I like mass, but I don't have a problem. Then you arrived. And they put you into actuarial science. And you met econometrics. And now, even the things they are writing on the board, I said, China, much role. Italian, how much role? What? Are you there? Chinese, oh. Japanese, oh. Le- Dang. He has brought you to your knees. You will never again say, Mass, there. Many problems. <laughs> the next time when you are speaking, you say, By the grace of God. <laughs> By the grace of God. <laughs> By the grace of God. <laughs> I'll do the paper. By the grace of God, I'll pass. The Lord will help me to pass. That's the reason why He allowed you to go through the page. Oh yes. Oh yes. My one of my very close relatives. <laughs> she often tells a story. When she started to have children, her first child was an angel. Up until today. Complete total. No problem at all. Oh yes. The child, everything, prepare. None of this crying, making no, you can take her anywhere. Oh, when I started to teach her, you know, one of the crises in bringing up a child is teaching the child to stop wearing napkins. 
Oh, she told her mother it's her time. She couldn't talk. You bring that up and she will not wear. Oh, yeah, she couldn't talk, but she wants to point. She trained herself. Everything prepared. Started going to school from class one till she graduated. Oh, she never got another grade. Perfect. So her mother tells the story of how when this young lady was growing up, they'll go to places and then she'll see children of the kind that some of us had. Climbing over tents. <laughs> some assaulting. And she said, she'll sit in her chair and she'll say, these people cannot train their children well. They don't know how to control their children. <laughs> then, God heard her. When angel child number one was about five years old, God gave her child number two. He said, you are now about to see, tell them about to see something. You see something. Tell them about you smell pepper. You smell pepper. Hey! How child number one, baby number one, everything was correct. That's how baby number two Nothing, no. Nothing. My, <laughs> my relative could not go to the market without tying the child. <laughs> hey! Are you here? Without tying the child. Hey! One time my husband said to her that, oh, I'm sure it's you who's doing something too much. She said, really? So I should release him, eh? My husband said, oh, ah, we can handle. I saw a problem. After all, we can handle. It was he and another relative, two guys. Oh, we are here. She said, really? So I should release that child. No, oh, release him, release him. Master, don't sit here and be on your phone, please. Not in front of me. Then she released the boy. Hey. In five minutes, the men shouted, Hey, where is he? Hey! They started running. In five minutes, the child had reached like station. Hey. Me say, the Lord gave her a purgative for three years. She visited nobody. She could go to nobody's house. For three years, she was a prisoner in her own house. That this child, if you take the child anywhere, He'll destroy everything. Who bet you? A purge had come. From that day, when she sees, she became a teacher of young children in the church. <laughs> when she sees troublesome children, she'll tell the mother, it will be okay. <laughs> By the grace of God. Eh? <laughs> By the grace of God, it will be well, okay. Oh, don't give up. It's going to be all right. Yeah. The purge, it was working. I wonder what purge God has released upon you. And if you are a fruitful Christian, when you recognize that it's a purge, just say, Lord, give me the grace. Help me to hold on to get to the bush. And let everything that has to come, let it come so that I don't get another purge. And you know what? After that, your fruitfulness, it will now be double, triple, ten times more than what you had before. Stand to your feet. 
Ah, you don't come early, so that's all we have time for. Stand to your feet. This morning, I want you to pray for yourself. You are here, and you sense that you are going through a page. Begin to ask the Lord for grace. Say, Lord, to all these things, you lost your father or your mother. Maybe it was a page. Not in all instances, but maybe yours was a page. To remove from you dependence on a parent and teach you dependence on God. Whatever it is, you want to talk to him now. You want to talk to him now. You want to talk to him now. You want to say, Lord, may I not lose my footing? Help me to go through it. And help me to believe and to understand that, Lord, you are still on your throne. And that it is well with me. Maybe you've been accusing God because you've been looking for reward. Maybe the time of reward is not now. As for reward, it will surely come. But you say, Lord, the grace to hold on. The grace to hold on. But as you are praying this morning, my business is with those who have borne no fruit. And who, as I was speaking, you sense that you have been taken away. You realize that it was better before. But where you are now, you realize that in SHS, even you were bearing fruit more than you have born since you came to the university. Now that you have the freedom to decide on your own, it's now rather that you are not doing well spiritually. Maybe as you stand, you are in your final year, and as you look back, you can see that since you came, nobody's life has been changed or touched by you. Maybe you used to be in the front line, but now you are not even in the back room. You're sitting down. This morning is for you. Talk to the Lord. Ask for forgiveness and tell him, I'm coming back. And I'm speaking to all of you who sent a message to your leader and said, I'm no longer going to be working for the Lord. You are directly in this message. You may have what you think is your excuse, but I'm telling you that behind it is the enemy of your soul. Because since you dropped off, you yourself know you have brought no one to Christ. The spiritual quality of your life has gone down. Even the prayer that you used to do, it has gone down. You need to see that you have been taken away. But I thank God that he is the God of the impossible things. And today you are speaking and saying, Lord, please, don't let me wither. Don't let me burn away. But rather, Lord, engraft me again. Add me again. Help me to bear fruit again. Let the water of your spirit go through me again so that I might bear more fruit. This morning is for you. And as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, you are here and you are saying, Lord, I'm withering, but I'm getting out of it now. I want you to walk from where you are and come and join me here in front. And we're going to pray. This morning, we're going to ask God for mercy. Step out of where you are and come. Don't let your pride continue to hold you there. Just come. Just come. Just come. Just come. Don't mind the person sitting by you trying to say something. They should look well to themselves. Just come. 
just come. God bless you as you come, acknowledging your state. Just come. You find out that right now, even to come to church is hard for you. Step out. Just come. I choose to be. Just come. Just come. Just come. And as you come, begin to pray for yourself. And to say, oh God, don't let me wither. Oh God, have it in your heart to graft me in again. Just place me in there again. Graft me in again. Just pray, just pray, just pray. Talk to the Lord this morning. Talk to the Lord this morning. Today you are also there. You've not given your life to the Lord properly. That's why there's no fruit. I want you to come and receive the Lord again this morning. You are here. You cannot say for sure that you are going to heaven because you're not sure. You two step out and come and join us here. Just come. This morning we don't have time to, to waste. So just come. If you mean business with God, he'll mean business with you. You know for sure that if you were to die tonight, and I tell you, young people die, God forbid that it should be here. And God forbid that it should be you, but if it were you, are you sure you are going to heaven? Is your name written in the Lord's book of the Lamb's book of life? Can you say for, so, for certain? If you cannot, if there's a figment of doubt even in the, the back of your head, just come and join us. We're going to pray. We're going to resolve it right here, right now. Just come. I thank God that is nothing difficult. You don't have to go and look for the blood of a crocodile or anything difficult. Just come. It is a simple prayer. It's a simple prayer. God bless you. God bless you. Just come. Just come. Come in to receive Jesus. Come in to receive Jesus. God bless you as you come. God bless you. As every head is bowed, let us pray together. And those of you in front, just follow us. I want you to pray this prayer. Make it your prayer. I want to say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today as a sinner. Please wash me in your blood. Cleanse me from my sin. Please write my name in the book of life. Lord Jesus, from today, you are my Savior. You are my Lord. Help me, Lord, to come back again. Graft me in again. Craft me in again. Forgive me my pride and help me in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I pray for each one standing here. So many who fell away, but Lord, they come back this morning asking for mercy. Grant them that mercy, oh God. Grant them that mercy. Grant them that mercy. Graft them in again. Lord, your word says you don't put out a smoldering wick. That little fire, Lord, let it begin to burn. Let it begin to burn. Let it burn brightly. Let it burn, burn hot. The souls that they failed to win before, Lord, now let them win. Let them win. Hundred times over, more times over, may the devil regret that he ever crossed the line. I thank you because you have done it for us. In Jesus' name, amen. We believe that you have been blessed by this message. For more information, you can follow us on Facebook, Fountain of Life Cathedral, and on Instagram and Twitter at F-O-L-C-I-D-S-E. God richly bless you.